Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey. And yesterday was a very emotional day up on Capitol Hill. Family members of the soldiers who were tragically lost in Afghanistan two years ago because of the thoughtless, callous behavior by Joe Biden came and spoke. And Ethan, look, losing a son or daughter, and by the way, thank you to every person who's ever worn the uniform. Thank you for the people who serve this nation. We owe you a debt of gratitude and and thank you very much. It must be awful, and I don't pretend to know what it's like to lose someone in battle. However, not to say there are tiers or levels because someone's gone, they're gone. But there must be some sort of added salt in the wound, for lack of a better term, when you know your son or daughter was killed because of pure incompetence and callous behavior and just just malfeasance. Let's just call it what it is. It's malfeasance by the president of the United States. Absolutely, because you want them, if there is such a tragedy to occur, you want their life to have meaning. You want their death to have been for a reason and for something to happen that is so senseless, it feels like a violation and something that could and should have been completely avoided. Yeah, and you know, you think about like if you lost a son or daughter during World War II, you would obviously primarily sons back then but you would you would obviously grieve that loss and it would be something you'd probably never get over but you would know my son died fighting the nazis right and that was clearly a worthwhile cause or you know fighting fighting the japanese or, or whatever and you would know that the world was a better place because of what that person sacrificed and died for in this case as you eloquently pointed out your son or daughter passed away because of what I mean, look, you've got to look at the Afghanistan in hindsight and say that was a totally failed mission that did very little to make the world any safer. No fault of the people who, who were there and bravely fought and carried out missions. It's the fault of our government, as most things are. And they died because the president irresponsibly announced an exit and then irresponsibly and without any regard for these people's safety whatsoever went out the door. You notice how quietly, you bring up an excellent point, you notice how quietly that complete failure has been successfully walked back by the American government. Now, maybe history will reflect more sternly on that abject failure that was the Afghanistan withdrawal, but let's think about like the comparison between it and Vietnam and how much of an impact Vietnam had on our cultural memory of being defeated by the rice farmers in the forest you know, in the jungles over there in a foreign country compared to the Taliban, which what was it took back control in a matter of weeks. And now we just shrug our shoulders and act like nothing happened. Yeah. Oh, you know, 20 years, poof, you know. Yep. So uh, so we're at the two year anniversary of this and these families who lost loved ones during that just terrible period um, in Afghanistan, they were on Capitol Hill. And I want to play a little bit of audio. This guy's name is Darren Hoover, and his son is one of the people who was killed in Afghanistan. And it is just gut-wrenching to to hear this. Take a listen. In closing, I'm calling out Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, General Milley, General McKenzie, Lieutenant Colonel Whited, who could not give the order to the snipers to take out the bomber. 
before he detonated his vest and ultimately the president do what our son did be a grown-ass man admit to your mistakes learn from them so that this doesn't happen ever ever again you all need to resign immediately our sons and daughters have more integrity in their little toes than every one of them combined. You owe it to our families here today, to the other gold and silver star families that have gone before, and most of all to the veterans who have given so much for this country so that we have the freedoms that we enjoy today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm so glad that he got a round of applause. You don't see that a lot, obviously, when it's in government, you know, events. But that was awesome that he did. And God bless those families and those people who died. And it just sucks. And I think the worst part of it, not that it would matter in terms of bringing these people back, Biden didn't care at all. He was so clear he could care less in interviews. Isn't that the one where he's looking at his watch when the, you know, the caskets are coming yeah. home? Yeah. I mean, it's, then, just, it's awful. Well, and then he had the audacity to tell the, the family members of those people who were victims of his incompetence. Oh, I know what it feels like. I know what, you know, yeah. what this feels like. False sympathy. And it's came across as a smack in the face to these people, as it rightly should have. I, I don't know how you could sit there and listen to that man's sincere testimony and feel anything other than shame for your part in the tragedy that that happened there okay um switching gears here it's kennel and casey show ethan's in for casey today uh real quick trump's legal spokeswoman she's all over the news now her name is alina haba and she was doing an interview yesterday with newsmax and she said something that really should concern every single american regardless of political party she claims that the department of justice is communicating with the media before they are getting information. And that's a really big deal. Take a listen. I think your question is, am I hearing anything directly as most attorneys would have that kind of privilege and courtesy? No, we don't get courtesies from anybody. And we do not know anything more than the press does. Unfortunately, a lot of times I'm hearing things through the New York Times, through uh, leaks from the DOJ and their PR team, which is says it all, frankly. Um, That's the current circumstance in our country. And it's disappointing. But no, we have no personal personal heads up why would we they like to have their moment and i'm sure the press will hear first that is very concerning because you have what you are hearing if indeed that is true and have no reason to doubt it is true is you have a group of people who are supposed to be about the truth they're supposed to be about finding justice wherever that leads and you have a group of people who are clearly focused on one publicity <clears throat> for themselves this jack smith guy is clearly an egomaniac And two, they are attempting to warp public opinion for political purposes rather than do the job of of a person of the law prosecutor, which is to follow the evidence and try to seek 
what that justice is. This is really concerning. I agree with her. Um, when you look at the facts as they exist, it seems that this conclusion is basically inescapable when it comes to things like the Trump leaked tape. Where else would that come from other than to the Department of Justice, the one where he confirmed uh, un- or, uh, classified documents were in his possession, that it came from the Justice Department? Or when it comes to things like the Hunter Biden laptop, which the Justice Department had independently verified in advance of the October surprise in which prominent members of the intelligence community staked their reputations and came forward to claim that it had the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. So, yes, absolutely, the Justice Department is leaking information to help paint a narrative, and they're also withholding information to help uh, 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 paint a narrative. All right, uh, before we go to break... Gosh darn it, Trump is getting so good on Truth Social Media again. And this was actually from the other day, and I just I didn't have time to get to it yesterday, and I totally need to because it is just everything Trump's social media is about. Um, so obviously the U.S. women's soccer team had a, a loss at the World Cup, and they're donezo. I've heard about uh, They this. lost to Sweden in the shootout. Uh, Megan Rapino, who is a far-left radical lunatic, who really despises this country, uh, was the GOAT. She choked, missed the big kick in the playoff, appeared not to care at all. She laughed and looked like she was laughing and and chuckling as it, uh, I mean, you or I, Ethan, could have gone out there and kicked it closer than she did. (laughs) And uh, this is the first time in a very long time that the U.S. uh, women's team will not be one of the top three teams, and they usually win these things. And a lot of people uh, have been very turned off by this women's soccer team especially Megan Rapinoe, but there have been others who have been very anti-America. It is one thing to have problems with policy in this country. It is one thing to express those problems with those policies. It is another, especially on foreign soil, to take a dump on this country because this country has given you everything. The people have sacrificed for everything. It is the greatest idea conceived by man. We have freed more people in this country than in the history of the rest of the world combined. We've created more wealth than the rest of the world combined. While America has its problems and we talk about problems every day on this show, it is another thing to take a giant crap on the country as a collective, and that is what this woman, Megan Rapino, did, and others. And so there's a lot of people even shedding no tears right. that they are out. Uh, Trump did uh, have some commentary on the early exit for the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team. And I, the shocking and totally unexpected. I love that he put shocking and totally unexpected in quotation marks. Lost by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to our once great nation under crooked Joe Biden. Many of our players were openly hostile to America. No other country behaved in such a manner or even close. Woke equals failure. Nice shot, Megan. The U.S. is going to hell. Triple exclamation point. MAGA! (laughs) That's good stuff. You know, Rob, my problem is I find it too hard to get invested in whatever the women's soccer team is doing because they were defeated handily by a team of high school boys. That's right. Yeah, they were. Um, they? So this is like getting upset <laughs> at the Pee Wee League because some kid missed his kick. Like, you screwed up, Junior! They're, it's the Pee Wee League. You know, they, they 
they're kids. All right. One of the things we talk on this show a lot is uh, how government and the people in it in positions of power are completely out of control about how they are willing to utilize, you might even say <clears throat> weaponize their positions of authority against people they don't like. We're certainly seeing it with the president of the United States mm-hmm. right now. And I had my own little experience with this last night, Ethan, in which I was openly critical of an event going on in my community, which many, many people are very, very critical of because it's a disaster. And one of those people in a position of power, you have read the post, appeared, would it be an accurate statement to threaten a weaponization of his position of authority against me in the future. It seemed like he was suggesting if you made any requests in his department, they would be uh, summarily ignored in the order in which they were received, which is treatment you're used to, but not being stated outrightly. Yeah, I mean, you know what's going on, but it's one thing in a public forum to be that brazen. And this stuff is happening all over the place. So when we come back... We'll talk about my little yeah, experience last night. We had Abdul weigh in on this earlier. He said that I think I'm up the right, going down the right path. But, you know, we've got to expose this stuff. This is what we do here. What is it, a little sunshine, a little disinfectant? Yeah, we'll do that. Coming up next, Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The government is totally out of control at all levels. The people in it fear nothing. And oftentimes they are totally willing to use and weaponize their positions of power against people they don't like. 93 WIBC it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Now look, I've said this many times. I am a big boy, Ethan, and I uh, understand that I am a lightning rod for people who have all sorts of emotions about me clearly based on our ratings there are many many people who love what we do every day and uh there are many many people who hate what we do every single day (laughs) and that is that comes with the territory i'm a big boy i'm an adult and i understand that and you listening right now are entitled to have whatever opinion you want about me as a private citizen what you do not have the right to do though is if you are in a a position of governance in this country, either as an elected or appointed official, you do not have the right to treat people differently or one might say weaponize your position of power based on whether you like someone on social media or on the radio. The government is supposed to be the umpire. The government is supposed to be the person who calls the balls and strikes. And far too often these days, and look no further than Donald Trump and what is happening to him, if you would like to see a primo example, the government is now the pitcher and the batter. They have inserted themselves into the game and are altering the outcome based on what they desire, based on whether they like or dislike you. Yeah. And... um. When we do things, when we talk about local things that impact me, I do them and they're very effective because people recognize it's happening all over the place. Like, look, look here's a great example. It'd be the Tea Party. Remember what the Tea Party went through with the Internal Revenue Service? I mean, it is just 
the, the school board meetings, you know, last two years ago, where, you know, there people are ending up on you know the terrorist lists because they're going to school board meetings and objecting. People know it's going on. And one of the things I have is a platform to fight back. I have the ability to speak for other people who cannot speak for themselves, and I get to use real-world examples that I experience to be able to showcase to you it's not just happening in Washington, D.C. It's not just happening at our state capitol, 200 West Washington Street. It's happening, Ethan, all over the place. It's happening in your community because government and the people in it are completely out of control because they don't fear the people anymore. So uh, in Brownsburg, and we talked about this on this show many, many times, there is a disastrous construction project currently going on that has just about everyone in town not named the Brownsburg Community School Corporation very upset. In brief, can you catch me up on this? I understand it has to do with a high school parking lot. Yeah. Why is your community so so upset by this? So the high school uh, came to the town and decided we want to expand the high school parking lot because the high school is getting too big and we want to expand the senior center. Years of terrible planning by the school have led to this okay it's fine you got you got to have a place for people to park but the plan they put forward was a horrifically thought through plan that would affect everybody in the surrounding area negatively except for the school corporation like the people who live in the area this school parking lot what's the parking lot going to do are they bulldozing some businesses are they taking people's houses what's going on well when you tear everything up at once where would the children park and when you put start putting roads next to people's backyards, that's going to create a lot of chaos and confusion. Now, we could be here for an hour going into intricate detail on this. We don't have time for that. Okay. The point is they have created an absolute nightmare for the people who live in and around Brownsburg High School because since these very high IQ people have tore everything up, there's nowhere for anyone to park. Okay. And so now... All of the kids, because uh, lack of adult supervision or I don't know what, the kids just say, go find somewhere to park. The parents just say, go find somewhere to park. So now they're parking on like people's lawns? Well, they're parking on very narrow roads on both sides of the roads, which if you're familiar with how, oh, I don't know, a fire truck might work, Mm -hmm. now they can't get through. Now it would be very difficult for emergency person. I mean, it's just a terribly, again, we could be here for hours and hours and hours to talk about how terribly thought through this was. Okay, I'm on the same page. Badly implemented idea. And at the time this was proposed, a bunch of us came and said, look, we want to work with the school. We want to make sure everybody has what they need. However, we want to be involved in this equation because what you're about to approve town is going to be a disaster for everyone involved. We were told very clearly our opinions were not needed, nor wanted, nor warranted, nor (laughs) desired. They were ignored in the order in which they were received, and the school terrible plan was rubber stamped. Now all of the things that we are saying, we said are were going to happen are happening, and a bunch of people are super upset. So you have a, uh, like the, you live in Indianapolis. I don't know if they have these, like the little towny chatterboards, the little groups we, we where people groups. get. Yeah. So somebody who lives in the area, as many other people have, posted complaining about these things that are going on and as all the little towny chatterboards do, a intense discussion ensued from people also complaining also expressing concerns people who don't even live in the area who have kids who are traveling to school there's it's one of the rare things where there is no cheerleader for the school that i saw that said man this is a really great idea and it's going very well well we were very critical me and others of the planning commission 
who approved this design because we told them if you do this, then this will happen. And so the public at large deserves to know who are the very high IQ people, no doubt Menza members slash Rhodes Scholars <laughs> in training, who approved this that is causing you the grief. And of course, I'm going to tell you, this is who did it. This is who's responsible for this. Ethan, is there anything radical, right-wing, extremist, out of control, irresponsible, or, in or, or inappropriate about that? No, seems like you're a concerned citizen participating in the representative government that our founding fathers organized. I didn't do it. I didn't make the approval. I didn't approve the design. In fact, I begged them not to do it because <laughs> I have an ounce of common sense and knew it was going to happen. But now you're facing the consequences well, for this, this one objection. Of, <laughs> one of the members of the planning commission who approved this... Uh, Again, a, an intellectual mega giant. Uh, his name is Jeff Humphreys. Now he's threatening. Um, well, he popped on and he was very angry at me for having the audacity to tell the community what had happened and who was to blame for the issue that they're very upset about. And a lengthy back and forth ensued. Uh, and we don't have time to get into it here. He appeared to not know many things he can or could or I would say should do as a member of the planning commission when approving designs. He appeared to not know that. And what he does or doesn't know, that's a conversation for another time. But but uh, Jeff Humphreys uh, was very upset that we were pointing this out. And finally, as it so often happens, when I walk people into a pretzel on bad government behavior, they resort to, you're just a shock jock. You're just doing this for ratings. It, it just it almost always happens when people get stuck. You're just a shock jock. You're doing this for ratings. Newsflash. Talking about terrible choices by the town of Brownsburg does nothing for my ratings. In fact, my bosses would probably wish I didn't do it as often as I do. I talk about terrible choices for the town of Brownsburg because I have to live there. And these choices are probably happening similar ones to other people who are getting screwed. That's why we're so highly rated. And that's why people listen, Ethan. Yeah, you're the jock, but the shock comes in from the government's yes, bad behavior. The shocking, terrible designs that get approved by the government are, thank you, that's Ethan. That's the shock. All right, so here's how... You know, so so here's how he I have this up, by the way, at Robin Kendall on Twitter. And Ethan, I, I'm going to ask you because you're a very reasonable person. If you Sometimes. believe that I was um, that this person, Jeff Humphreys, appeared to be potentially using his position on the planning commission, threatening to weaponize that against me in the future for being critical of his terrible design that many other people the design he approved that many other people in town are also critical of. Let's are, go. Are ready? What do you right. say? All right, here we go. Your number one rating only shows the lack of quality radio these days <laughs> and the quality of your coworkers. So congratulations. Oh. If you work at WIBC or listen to this radio station, Jeff Humphreys of the Brownsburg Planning Commission, well, he surely doesn't think highly of you. Yeah, he's taking a pot shot at me too. what I do? A lot of people listen to Howard Stern too. But it wasn't due to trust, buddy. And here we go. Remember, all of this next time you call begging me to help you oh. out. Oh, uh-oh. Let, let me repeat that again just to make sure. Uh -oh. Kev, you can hop in on this too. Remember all of this the next time you call begging me to help you out. Hmm. Would a reasonable person interpret that as saying a person in Im of immense importance, the planning commission is one of the most important boards and commissions in a community, is so I don't know would unhinged be the right word upset angry over being a private citizen calling out as a taxpayer of the community what I think you did is a terrible you work for me I'm allowed to say you did a terrible job I'm the taxpayer 
When you heard that, is that not what that sounds like? Yeah, you could definitely construe it that way. It seemed as though he was saying your petitions would be ignored in uh-huh. the order in which they received. Ke- Kev, you're, you're, policy. The, you're the ultimate voice of reason here. Would a reasonable person yeah. not come to the same conclusion that I did? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, so uh, look, I'm going to have to just do some further investigation into this. and Because uh, now, I mean... Am I being told that I'm not going to get a fair shake if I come in front of the planning commission? The the umpire is not going to call it, the balls and strikes fairly? That it the, would seem that way. That it's tilted against me already? Boy, I'll tell you what. Look, we do this because these people, these types of people are in communities all across central Indiana, all across the state, all across this country. They are willing to do what this guy was stupid enough to put in print, and that's why we put it out there. That's your government, people. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Oh, that's good stuff. It's great stuff. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Robbie Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey today. So the state of Indiana has approved spending $120 million of your money, and you don't get to know what it's for. Seems about right in the modern Indiana Republican Party and what we're talking about. So Indiana Capital Chronicle has the article, uh, the budget panel for the state of Indiana on Friday of last week approved a $120 million request from the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. Now, we have talked about who these guys are. They're the Holcomb Slush Fund to be able to strong-arm farmers out of their land like they're doing in Boone County, where they take money, tax money, from poor and middle-class people, and then they use it for sweetheart real estate deals for some of the biggest, most powerful companies in the world, like Eli Lilly. And in the most recent budget, no money really to help you with any sort of significance on property taxes or, you know, the gas tax went up again. But they had $500 million, the, again, very high IQ people in the General Assembly, had five. $500 million laying around to put in this little uh, fund for Holcomb and his buddies to help out their cronies. And the newest example of this is this $120 million request that has been approved. And Capital Chronicle des- d- describes it as performance-based incentive funds for an automotive company planning to invest about $3.2 billion in a new facility that could bring 1,400 high-paying jobs for Hoosiers. Now, Ethan... While I never think that you should be taking money from poor and middle class people and giving it to mega corporations, there may be some merit to some sort of investment in the whatever they're trying to do. Some investment, but that's $120 million just going to this one automotive manufacturer? That's and, a lot of money. And uh, this is according to Mark Waski, who is the Senior Vice President of Community Affairs at the IEDC. The Capital Chronicle said he only revealed that the location will be located north of Indianapolis, but not in the Lebanon, the LEAP Initiative District in Lebanon. So you have no idea where this money's going, You have no idea what it's going for. You have no idea who's going to benefit. You have no idea as a taxpayer how the community is going to be benefited. You have no idea how you're going to be benefited. And yet the state apparently has so much money that they have $120 million to give in secret where only a select few uh, people get to know where this money's going. That's crap. Well, you know, Eric Holcomb was handily reelected, so I suppose the Indiana electric, uh, electorate is a okay with fraud, waste, and abuse. Um, I, what else, what what other answer is there, Rob? I I just <laughs> I look at this, 
and and by the way Brad Chambers is going to be rumored running for governor. He up until very recently was the head of IEDC. And so I have a theory now, if you'd like to hear it on why the bad stuff's starting to come out about Silent Suzanne, I I have a theory that the uh, Holcomb Hupfer Incorporated are already starting to put their boot on her because she will be pulling votes from a lot of the Chambers voters, but that's a story for another time. Um, This is not where our tax money should be going. This is not how your hard-earned money should be being spent and if it's going to be spent it certainly shouldn't be spent by some quasi-government agency in the cover of darkness where you don't get to know anything or do your own evaluation or lobby your senators or house members not that they would listen to you anyway but at least you should have the opportunity. Again, we're not talking about 12 bucks. No. We're talking about $120 million and then the flip side of this is these disingenuous a-holes will look at you and go, well, we'd love to help you out with property taxes, but (laughs) what could we ever do? Oh man, you know, we got to raise the gas tax again because, well, the roads. But yet they have $120 million just laying around in a fund to give to a company and you don't get to know a damn thing about it, Ethan. Performance-based incentive seems like a very nebulous way of explaining the financing here. What performance are they talking about? What incentives are are they seeking? I uh, like some more ex- explanation here. Uh, government is so broken in this this state at all levels, and I hope you figured that out in the segments we did this hour. All right, when we come back, Nikki Kelly from the Capitol Chronicles is going to join us. She has a great piece out about the fight to put issues on the ballot and give you more control over your government. Talk about it next. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Put on your dancing shoes. So should you have a more direct say over our government, our next guest says, yes, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline, joined by our good friend Nikki Kelly of the Indiana Capital Chronicle. And she has a very good new piece out over at Indiana Capital Chronicle talking about the idea of ballot referendums and how they should be a thing. And you should have more direct say over your government. Nikki Kelly, hello. How are you? Good. How are you today? I'm great. So tell us about the piece. I thought it was really well written. I'm a big fan of these ballot referendums. Uh, Tell us, one, kind of what they are and why they should be a thing in Indiana. Yeah, the piece sort of came out because I grew up in Ohio with ballot referendums. Um, And Ohio is one of 19 states that have direct referendums. So in other words, or initiatives, not just the legislature in Indiana can put something on a ballot. But in Ohio and these other 18 states, citizens can put something on a ballot. And I think that obviously gives them another tool. And Ohio is trying to, today actually, their election over there, to limit um, or make it harder to, A, put it on the ballot, and B, get it passed. That was sort of what started it. And then I started thinking about why Indiana doesn't have that. You know, I hear all the time from lawmakers about how we trust our citizens But, you know, over the years when people have filed these constitutional amendments to allow 
citizens to bring a referendum or initiative on its own, they've never gone anywhere. Um, Republicans don't really like it. So an example this might be, and I'm not saying this would be the first one I'd put forward, but yeah. an example might be you would say, well, the legislature has claimed we're all for at least medical marijuana. That pesky governor is the only thing standing in our way. You might be able to say, okay, then I am going to put on a statewide ballot referendum legalizing marijuana in Indiana, and then everybody could go vote on it, essentially bypassing the legislature. Absolutely. And that's how a number of states that have legalized marijuana have done it. Um, and, and, you know, what's funny is the reaction that I've gotten from it is that a lot of people said, oh, my God, you're just you're not non-biased. You're liberal. And I was actually a little surprised by that. Like, again, growing up in Ohio, those initiatives are used on conservatives, uh, you know, pieces of issues. They're also I guess used a little more liberally. It just depends where you are. I don't think either way it's inherently conservative or liberal. It's just a more direct route for citizens to occasionally do. And and I gave some examples, and marijuana was one of them. You know, you might see an abortion you know, initiative, which is happening in Ohio in November. You might see an initiative on gambling. You might see, you know, we already have that, but some states don't. There are all kinds of issues out there that people might want to have a direct say in. Um, And I don't necessarily think that's conservative or liberal. I just think it is another avenue to get people more involved in their in their government. No, I totally agree with you. Nikki Kelly is our guest. His new piece out in the Indiana Capital Chronicle talking about the need for ballot referendums in the state of Indiana. I think that's interesting, Nikki, that people are giving you grief over that because we already have ballot referendums, constitutional amendments. I mean, we just had one for something bizarre a couple of years ago about like the, the right to hunt and fish. So we're already getting these things placed on the ballot. Why would you want to be beholden to lawmakers if there's something that you want you as a citizen should be able to, to have an impact on that? Yeah, we can change the constitutional amendment, but it has to go through two separately elected legislatures. It has to be up to the lawmakers to put it on there. So, again, this is just one route to get it on. And I'm not saying, look, in California, I think they've had a million of these proposals. There might be a discussion to have about whether it's too easy to to get on the ballot, right? You don't want every tiny little decision on there, but sort of major ones. And so there's a fair discussion to have on how you, what level you, how many signatures you have to get from how many counties to be able to get something on the ballot. But right now that's not even an option here. What would the process be to make this a thing? Would the lawmakers have to be the ones who do it or could we subvert them in the process of having ballot referendums, ballot initiatives? No, we would have to change the constitution. And again, that would start with the lawmakers <laughs> to basically give citizens the right to direct access. So there's there's um, no ch- there's so, no chance that's happening then. <laughs> right? I don't think so. <laughs> You know, you know, it's interesting. You talk about things like, uh, you know, there may be conservatives who'd be upset about an abortion referendum. I'm not upset about that. Look, I, I think Indiana's a pro-life state. The lawmakers are supposed to be reflecting the will of the constituents. And I say, let's put it up for a vote and let's actually find out where the people of Indiana are, because I think I know how it'd go. And it's something I'd be willing to work for. I'm I, I, I'm a, that's interesting that that conservatives are accusing you of being liberal for saying you want to give people more power over their government. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the abortion rights, the Ohio ones. The thing that's fascinating about that vote today is there was a movement after, obviously, the Dobbs case to put abortion rights, because Ohio passed the six-week trigger ban, to put abortion rights on the on the ballot. And they knew they were going to get enough. This is a very active you know, vocal group. So what did the Ohio Republicans do? They are holding a special election in August before the November election (laughs) where the abortion rights will be voted on to increase in order for one of these to pass. It would now have to be 60 (laughs) percent passage rate instead of 50 percent plus one. So they are clearly concerned (laughs) that 51 percent will pass there. Um, So that's the fascinating thing about what Ohio did. They are clearly concerned about that abortion rights, but I could say the same thing about, you know, gun, gun constitutional amendments or, you know, anything. Anyone can bring them. And if that is the way people truly believe, then let's see it. Uh, Nikki Kelly, our guest, his new piece out in Indiana Capital Chronicle. Uh, you can find it over at indianacapitalchronicle.com about the need for ballot initiatives, ballot referendums in the state. One of the things Indiana also doesn't have, and uh, I don't know if this would be covered under this, is the ability to recall politicians. Would that be a part of this process or would that be a separate thing? I mean, that could be an example of something you would want to put on a ballot. Yeah a process to recall elected officials, which we don't have. I mean, theoretically, uh, legislators can remove members of the House and Senate. I believe there are ways you can remove, like, you know, a sheriff or something like that. But they're used so, so randomly. And I've never seen one used. I think back in the 1800s, they were used a little more often. But that would be an example of an initiative that people might want to put on a ballot to have more say over when they've elected someone who then has screwed up in some way. You know me, Nikki. I dislike all of these people equally, but you're very fair and you're very balanced. Are you surprised at something like this where the tribalism really kicks in, where it's like, well, the outcome might not be what I want. So the guiding principle of what I claim to want, which is control over my government, more freedom, liberty for the citizens, more direct say that you get people who are supposedly in that camp. But then you get pushback on saying, well, here's a way to do that. Yeah, I think it just has ebbed and flowed over the years in the U.S., and it does partially relate to who's in charge, and I think that's probably pretty normal, right? Like, it's just like lots of people claim to want a nonpartisan redistricting commission, but no one who's in charge ever wants to push that because that takes away their power. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, both sides. It's, it's a really great piece. And I, I look, I'm all for it. I think the more direct power you give the citizens over the government, the better, the better government you're going to get. The super majorities, Republicans in Indiana are totally out of control anyway. Before I let you go, it has turned into yeah. the wild and wacky season already for next year. This seems like super early the governor's race is getting wild. The lieutenant governor's race now is getting super crazy with the thing between Micah Beckwith and, and maybe Greg Pence. Do you remember it being this early in years past? Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> before we didn't have candidates even announcing until May or June of the year before. We had people announcing A21, but or, you know, in January, February. Um, so, yeah, it is moving at an epic pace. And frankly, I'm not ready for it. <laughs>
<laughs> I told you before we started, this is what's keeping me employed, Nikki. It's very good. Uh, it's very good for me. Uh, Nikki Kelly, find her over at IndianaCapitalChronicle.com. You're the best. Thank you, my friend. All right. Have a good day. And that is going to do it for us today. Thanks to Ethan Hatcher for filling in. Thanks to Kevin doing his usual outstanding job. And most importantly, thank you to you for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. I'm Rob Kendall. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.